All right. Happy Friday and welcome to your Newsmax Daily for May 26, 2023, the final Friday of the month and the start of Memorial Day weekend. Of course, several areas of the country, including the beaches of the Carolinas, Georgia and North Florida, expected to see rain, unfortunately, tomorrow and Sunday in the New England area, a frost warning. Oh, hell no. But the forecast for New York City, Philly, and much of the West Coast looking good and most everywhere is looking good for the big Memorial Day Monday. As we honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice, do not forget what Monday is all about when you are not working and feeding your fat face, hopefully with family and friends. Today is also National Road Trip Day. I don't know if that was created intentionally to coincide with Memorial Day weekend when millions of Americans will be road tripping. And if you're not road tripping, well, then you can celebrate by drinking more or maybe watching a road trip kind of movie like Where's the Millers or the classic Vacation. On the food count, Calendar today, it's National Blueberry Cheesecake Day. Although there are many varieties of cheesecake from many countries, the history of cheesecake can be traced all the way back to ancient Greece. Now, I may be slightly biased on this, but I love Italian cheesecake or New York cheesecake, and blueberry on top only makes it that much better, right? National Blueberry Cheesecake Day. In Washington, there, there is no agreement, all right? Uh, we know where our differences lie. We've worked throughout the day, and we'll continue to work to try to be able to solve the problem, but there is no agreement. Lawmakers prepare for a quick Memorial Day weekend turnaround as House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Biden were not able to come to an agreement yesterday on a bill to raise the debt ceiling. Only days to go. The only way to move forward is with a bipartisan agreement, and I believe we'll come to an agreement that allows us to move forward and that protects the hardworking Americans of this country. After three days of almost nothing, the president has a busy day on his calendar today as he and the first lady welcome the NCAA women's basketball champion, LSU Tigers, and the men's champion, Yukon Huskies, to the White House in two different events today. You remember when the First Lady initially wanted to welcome the losing UConn women's team to the White House as well because they came in second. Well, that didn't go over so well, as you remember. And I think she has been diagnosed with the woke mind virus. The woke mind virus may be one of the best things DeSantis has ever said. I mentioned yesterday when DeSantis said that in his technically impaired Twitter announcement how much I loved it. And the Twitter announcement dominated the news yesterday as we discussed last night. The now Republican presidential candidate and Florida Governor DeSantis spoke about his campaign with Eric Bowling. Can you explain the difference between you and Donald Trump in your words? And I'm not talking about personality differences. We all we all see that. But policy, what are the policy differences that you bring to the table versus Donald Trump? Well, well, first, just in terms of electability, you know, I took a state that had been a one point state for a generation uh, and I got in by less than one point. 
Uh, and then four years later, we won it by almost 20 points. You can't do that with just Republicans. Uh, we got uh, independence by 18 percent. We won 60 percent of Hispanics. So that shows it can be done. And, Eric, you've seen some of what we've done. You know, I wasn't exactly a pale pastel. I've been bold colors. Uh, I've stood strong for what we believe in. Uh, I never wilted under pressure, and yet people responded to that. So I think you want to have somebody who can draw people in who may not have traditionally been Republicans uh, and are willing to give us a shot. I think a lot of people realize that Biden uh, is a failure, uh, but I think they're looking for a vehicle uh, that they'll be comfortable getting behind. And I think I could, could coalesce a pretty good number of people uh, to be able to do that. Um, I, I do believe that there's a limit uh, to the number of voters that would consider the former president at this point. I mean, we've seen it, um, you know, in Florida. We've seen it in places like Georgia. I think that there are some people that don't like Biden, uh, but they would like another option. So I think my ceiling is higher in a general election. Uh, and I made the, the pledge to people, you know, if you nominate me through this process, uh, then set your watch to January 20th, 2025, high noon. I'll be there taking the oath. I'll get it done. We'll make it happen. Yes, sir. Um, but there's a a little obstacle on the way there, and you pointed it out. You still have to beat Donald Trump first. And right now the polls have him, you know, up by a substantial margin. How do you plan on closing that gap? Well, first of all, I haven't been a candidate, and so I've been doing my, my job in Florida. We just conducted the most effective legislative session, I would argue, in the modern history of the Republican Party. If you look at all the things that we were able to, to take uh, that were ideas that conservatives have wanted for a lot of time and bring it into reality and put it into law. So we're very proud of that. But that had been my focus. Now we're going to be launching a blitz. We're going to be in these early states. We're really going to be all over the country uh, bringing this message uh, to, to our voters. And I think at the end of the day, um, most of our voters obviously appreciate uh, a lot of the things President Trump did. I do. I mean, he's been attacking me a lot, but I still give him credit uh, for the things that he did well, especially, you know, with, um, uh, with the economy in the first three years. Uh, but they also understand that you need someone that can serve two terms. Uh, you need somebody that's going to be able to win and win big. And so I think we have a lot of folks that will consider uh, somebody like me who has proven to be very strong. Uh, you know, I'm standing up to people like Disney, and with due respect to the former president, he's taking Disney's side in this now. Um, I'm standing against Disney. I'm standing for the kids. I'm standing for the parents. I don't think these kids should be sexualized. We took away their self-governing status, and I'm not backing down one inch from that. I think our voters want to see somebody that can fight, but also somebody that can win. So there you go, Ron DeSantis on DeSantis and on Trump, and he is clearly taking the high road on getting into any kind of criticizing or war of words with President Trump, which is likely a good thing. And what about the technically flawed Twitter announcement? Your camp says you were so popular you broke the internet first time anyone has done that. The other side says failure to launch the memes were all over the place. You just tell us how that whole idea of going on Twitter first to, to announce your candidacy came about? Well, they were very confident that they had the ability to uh, get a, a lot of people, and they were anticipating a lot of people, but there were more people that tried to sign up than even what Twitter had anticipated. I was just in a room in Florida, so I didn't really know necessarily uh, what was going on. And so it, it, I think it had to do with Elon's account. They, they called an audible, and then they were able to get it done. But I think what happened with it was because Elon was involved, Twitter was involved, we got way more 
play about it than we would have if I just would have given a speech. And so somebody asked me earlier today, well, given that Twitter had the, the you know the 20 minute delay, would you have would you have done it differently? And I was like, well, I would have asked them to have maybe more capacity and say maybe we'll get even more people. But I would not have traded doing a speech. I think that this has been something that a lot of people are talking about, uh, and I think that it's something that as we go forward. Um, you know, we need to be able to speak directly to people. And that's what we did. And as Donald Trump said himself in The Art of the Deal, bad publicity is sometimes better than no publicity at all. And DeSantis is probably right. He's getting a lot more coverage than he would have had he done a typical presidential announcement speech like Tim Scott did just a few days ago. I also mentioned yesterday that Ronnie D, as I like to call him, will be doing an announcement type of an event in or near Tampa, Florida next week. As for Donald Trump, Laura Trump spoke with Newsmax's Carl Higby. And I said, you know, look, I served with Ron DeSantis. I like the guy personally, and I defend him a little bit. I don't like necessarily all the attacks from, from DJT, but he's his own guy. Do you think there's room on this stage, though, for them to just boost each other up on policy? Well, I, I think that we'll see a lot of that. I think, like you said, what the uh, good news is for Donald Trump is that he is actually running on a proven track record as president of the United States, he is the only person on either side of the aisle who actually has done the job of president and done it successfully. And of course, I include Joe Biden in that, who is being uh, doing this job horribly right now, of course. Um, but look, with Donald Trump, since the day he came down, the golden escalators in Trump Tower, he has been unconventional. He has done things differently than anyone we have ever seen. This is nothing new for Donald Trump. He certainly has fire. He certainly has passion. And it's that fire and passion that gave us all of those great things you just, you know, rattled off there. The, the great economy, the great standing on the world stage, uh, you know, secure borders, made sure that this country wasn't taken advantage of anymore by places like China, peace agreements in the Middle East, and on and on and on. And we remember the good old days with Donald Trump. And it will take fire and it will take passion to get this country back, because Carl, I sure. think we all know we have no time to waste. We are on the verge of losing the United States of America, um, but certainly there will be a lot of policy discussion, and I'm sure it will be entertaining on the other side of things as well, as we all know. Entertaining for sure on both sides, and way different for sure on both sides. Lara Trump with Carl Higby, and when Carl said he served with DeSantis, he meant in the Navy, not in Florida politics. Laura mentioned the Biden agenda and the way things used to be. I, for one, don't remember department stores selling transgender-themed clothes for children. When my mom took me to Sears to get my tough skins, I don't remember seeing transgender clothing. More from Rob Schmidt. You've got this internal email revealing Target has lost $9 billion in just one week uh, with this bizarre LGBTQ push in their stores. You've got all this stuff in the kids' section. You've got the tucking bathing suits right there in the kids' section in sizes that Crazy. kids could even wear. My question is, why do companies keep doing this? Their CEO came out and said, this makes good business sense. And then the next day, they started cutting it all down and hiding it all. And then a couple days later, you find out they learned $9 billion. They lost $9 billion. Well, Bud Light taught America a lesson. But people don't understand that the decisions are made by 20-something people in advertising and promotion. Mm. It's the same in the media. We all know that. And we're never allowed to talk about it. 
decisions as to which shows get the advertising are made by 20-something far-left lunatics, by and large. I shouldn't say it, but I just did. I have faced it all the 27 years I was in radio. I was on a no-buy list. Why was I on a no-buy list? I talked about borders, language, and culture. The left didn't like that. So now I'm doing podcasts. Again, they're boycotting me. Why? Because I don't go along with the program. But it's 20-something yeah. nobodies, no-nothings, zero zips, not us, who make the decisions for the big corporations. And then you have the CEOs who are generally very malleable because they're cowards. All they want is to hold on to their job. They're not business geniuses. The CEOs didn't usually build these companies. They inherited the positions to right. run the companies. They're functionaries right. like politicians. And yeah. so they get into these positions. Well They're not the guy who did it through sweat, blood, gotta, and tears. Yeah. Well, well said and exactly right. Uh, and it's amazing how many lunatics can get into these massive seven-figure jobs in this country, like the CEO of Target. I mean, if, if I was over there, I, that guy would be out so fast, you wouldn't believe it. That Rob Schmidt with former radio host turned podcaster so he can keep speaking the truth, the great Michael Savage. And by the way, if they were still selling tough skins today, you know they'd have to change the name because it's going to make somebody upset about something. And what about this? This is a new ad from North Face. Hi, it's me, Patagonia, a real-life homosexual. And today, I'm here with the North Face. We are here to invite you to come out in nature with us. Wow, this is nice. We like to call this little tour the Summer of Pride. Okay, I guess we should all brace ourselves for an onslaught of this stuff. Not just Pride Month, it's a Summer of Pride, Pastor. Do you expect to see some backlash uh, for the North Face here? And I'm a little confused because uh, the homosexual in question, their name is Patagonia. His name, I guess, is Patagonia, but it's the North Face. Maybe some bad branding, but uh, we're going to see a lot of this if you watch TV over the course of the summer. And interesting to note that Pride Month has expanded now to include the entire summer. Yes, you know, I went into a Target store recently, and I was looking for the straight materials and items. You know, everyone's pushing the LGBTQIA plus agenda upon children, but where are the straight straight uh, materials being pushed? Uh, when, I, when I see these things taking place, it brings something to mind, and that is the fact that the left is using mental rape to indoctrinate our kids. It's mm. disgusting. It's filthy. The Bible says that the glory of a man is a woman, but today the man wants to be the glory. They want to be women, and a man will never be able to be a woman, and a woman will never be able to be a man. It's not common sense. It's crazy. It's asinine, and it's evil. And I'm against every major Fortune 500 company that pushes this agenda upon kids. It's disgusting, and it needs to stop. Some people say this is like blackface, but with gender, when you see something like that. What do you think? Well, I believe that it is. You know, it's a, it's a shame to see what's taking place. Um, when you talk to children today, they're perplexed and they're confused on their gender simply because the left has a, a strong campaign and plan to push these things. I believe that we need to get back to, to education and not indoctrination. I believe that we need to make sure that when kids go into stores, they're not met with grotesque materials. I, I, I'm so against what uh, Target is doing right now. There's so many people who are saying that they're not going to go to Target anymore and shop there. And I think they should keep that up. 
That is North Carolina pastor John Amonchukwu on John Bachman now with the Target situation. But that ad that you heard a moment ago for the Summer of Pride, that was North Face. Yes, North Face now. And Greta Van Susteren continued her ongoing discussion with journalist Matt Taibbi, the reporter of the recent Twitter files, who, by the way, just coincidentally had an IRS agent show up at his home on the same day he was testifying to a House subcommittee about the Twitter files. So, Matt, as I understand it, the IRS says that they were investigating you to help you because they thought that someone stole your identity. Is that right? Basically, they say they rejected two of my returns, one from 2018 and uh, one from 2021. Uh, but the 2018 issue, I never heard about. And they, even by their own admission, they didn't contact me for over three years about it until Christmas Eve on a Saturday last year. So it's the optics of it are pretty weird. So why were they so whooped up about your tax return if you didn't owe money and they owed you money? Good. I, I have no idea. Honestly, the first time I heard about this whole thing, um, when I came back from testifying on the Hill on March 9th, I found out that a, an agent had come to my home. I thought, there's no way this is related. That's too silly. Uh, but I told the committee because uh, I thought they had a right to know. And now that we have some answers about it, it, it definitely seems suspicious. I, I don't know what to think. I, don't, I can't see an innocent explanation for it. I'm pretty sure we all have an explanation, Matt, and I'm pretty sure most would agree that it isn't or wasn't just a wild coincidence. Keep in mind, the tax return showed that the IRS owed Matt Taibbi money, and this was supposedly about potential identity theft, but they sent an agent to his home while he was testifying. Jim Jordan and the House Judiciary Committee don't think it's a coincidence either, and they are continuing their investigation. In other news, there's a big political dust-up happening in Texas, an unprecedented move. In fact, the state House committee voted to impeach Attorney General Ken Paxton impeach him and have him removed from office, citing 20 different accusations that include bribery, retaliating against whistleblowers, and obstruction of justice. The Texas House will now have to decide whether to approve the articles of impeachment against Paxton, which could then lead to the attorney general being removed from office, pending a trial that they would have to have in the state Senate. And speaking of Texas, the Dallas Stars staved off elimination with an overtime win over Las Vegas last night. The Celtics also stayed alive, beating the Miami Heat, so there will be another Stars-Golden Knights game on Saturday. By the way, my son goes to the University of Central Florida. Their mascot, the Knights, Nitro, looks exactly like the Golden Knights mascot. Only the Knights of UCF have been around for a long time. The Golden Knights have only been around six years. Me and a lot of other people think that the logo is much too similar. But anyway, uh, they'll be playing on Saturday. Another Heat Celtics game coming up Saturday night. Sunday, the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. I believe it is going to be the final run for my man, Tony Kanan. So I would love to see him win it or Marco Andretti, of course. Neither one of my two favorites are the actual favorites of the race, though. Have a terrific and safe holiday weekend. We will be here for you on Monday. 
Make sure you get the Newsmax app on your phone so you can watch all your favorite Newsmax shows wherever you want, anytime, anytime, anywhere. And thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. In the meantime, keep fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.